You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we'll talk about the weekend. Uh, it was a big one for the tribe. Uh, if you're listening to this, I assume you knew that. Because uh, if you're not watching the games and listening to this podcast, well, thank you for listening anyways. Uh, we'll look ahead to the schedule, see how things are shaping up, and uh, time permitting, we'll uh, kind of circle around and talk about some of the top performances from this weekend. So the Indians take three out of four from the Twins. Um, the one loss was Saturday's game. My prediction was if they the game they're most likely to lose was today's, but they were able to, uh, to get to Jose Barrios and... Even though Brad Hand uh, really scuffled in the ninth, and I was kind of surprised Tito left him out as long as he did because um, it wasn't pretty. Uh, sometimes guys just don't have it, and Hand clearly didn't have it in this one. Uh, there were multiple points in at-bats where he's just, the ball is a foot out of the zone. He couldn't hit his spots. It was a real struggle for him today. He's been great most of the year, but the the fine command wasn't there, and... Um, that's the point in time where I understand he's your closer, but if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. Uh, <laughs> all about pulling a guy if he's being ineffective. Uh, the Indians got very lucky. Uh, the game probably should have been a loss, uh, but uh, the Twins were really aggressive trying to get that extra run home. That's a bad choice when you have uh, Tyler Naquin in left field who has an absolute cannon. Um you know, in right field, it was one of the best arms in baseball. In left field, it's it's phenomenal. So he hits a perfect throw to Lindor. Lindor throws home, and, I mean, they have him by five feet. It was uh, basically, like I said, you know, the Twins third base coach. Uh, I don't know if he just didn't do the research, if he's being overly aggressive. But in that situation, you've got a guy with a cannon if he doesn't send the runner, it's first and third with one out, and all it takes is a sack fly to end the game. Uh, instead, the runner gets gunned out at home. That's two outs, and uh, the Indians are able to escape without any further damage. Further, further, further damage. So, uh, well, most would argue Carlos Santana is the MVP. I really think the uh, the Twins' third base coach is because uh, he basically allowed the Indians to win this game with his uh, horrible decision making. <laughs> Carlos Santana comes up with that big grand slam in the in extra innings, um, basically shutting the door for the tribe. Uh, Hunter Wood comes out, pitches a perfect ninth, and just needed uh, yeah nine pitches. Just a fantastic job by him. Uh, Santana, obviously, he's your offensive player of the game. Jose Ramirez was hitless for the first time in a while. It feels like. Um, Greg Allen, two hits, including a home run himself. His other hit was a bunt single in the ninth. Um, I got really lucky. God, I hate bunting. But that was the case where uh, it paid off um, because uh, the pitcher fell off the mound and didn't get to the ball or so. Or else they probably would have gotten the lead runner at third or gotten you know the runner at first. And then Santana comes up and knocks it out of the park. So none of it mattered anyways. Um, the the other offensive performances in this game, there really wasn't too much that stood out. Um, 
So if you just go, I'm getting a lot of people who are really giddy about Aaron Seibel. Um, he's been never been this good in his career at any level. Not even college when he was pitching for a tiny school. He was good. But, I mean, he was facing mostly guys who uh, will never sniff the majors in college, and he wasn't this dominant. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a jump. I don't think this is really indicative of how he's going to pitch. Um, if you think he's going to keep a 1.0 ERA, I, uh, I'll bet you uh, all of my savings uh, with odds in, in your favor. Um, this isn't to say that he can't be a major league pitcher, but I've always thought he is a 5 or maybe a long relief guy. Um, you know, we'll see second time through how it works. It's always a really good indicator. Right now he's going to get some opportunities. But with pitchers like him, once the tape gets out, which it should be out already because teams are scouting these guys so much in the minors, everything's on tape anymore. But uh, I think so if, you know, uh, someone was mentioning it to me on Twitter and I just go yeah and Jeremy Sowers is great in his first year in the majors didn't work out you know look at the Trabers and the Talots who had some really good runs at the start new arms are often harder to hit um, that's just the way of it we'll see what happens again I think he's a major leaguer but he's a five I he's not the next Shane Bieber he is not uh, he's not the next you know great arm He's, he's more that, like, Plesak, that back-end range. That's what those two both are. They're, they're four and five going forward in some order. You've got Bieber and Clevenger at the front, and, uh, you know, Plutko could be, like, a, another four or five type. <coughs> I've got a lot of uh, back-end arms, but, uh, you know, you hope that a, a Cooper can come back and give them another ace type, or the Krasko can, you know, come back and give them another ace type. Um but I mean, the future is is right now looking to be like those five. Um, Tristan McKenzie has not pitched at all this year still, and we are now almost to the end of August. Um, his star is uh, on some hard times right now. So I mean, this is the the staff you're going to be seeing for most of this year, and uh, you know, there's a chance for a good section of next year. So uh, get used to it. So big win ties things up uh the indians have a three game series against boston who has been struggling uh it's good news for the indians uh tomorrow minnesota is off so the indians can actually start building up a division lead if they can beat boston tomorrow and while cleveland heads to boston uh the twins are going to head to milwaukee for a two-game set then they go to Texas, Chicago, and Cleveland goes to New York, New York. The Mets finally did lose today. They had been on quite the winning streak. So after this Boston series, it's going to be six tough games for the Indians, where honestly, come like August 23rd, the Indians are likely going to be in second place in this division just because the Twins' schedule is easier. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. There's another series to play. After that, the Indian schedule really opens up for a while. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a dogfight. Uh, there's, there's no real other way to describe it or look at it. This is going to be a dogfight to the end for these two teams. We'll preview the uh, the Boston series after the ad break. 
and then uh, you know look into some of the other performances from Friday and Saturday's games since uh, we already talked about Thursdays on uh, Friday's podcast. Locked on fantasy football. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked on fantasy football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Then you're just getting the same information. You're going to end up with the same boards. You're going to miss on those sleepers. Lockdown Fantasy, uh, get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Lockdown Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. In addition, Lockdown NFL, the new Lockdown NFL is on fire. Last week it was one of the most listened to NFL shows with expert analysis of former NFL Scott, Scout. Former NFL Scott? No, no, his name is... Matt, so it's former NFL scout, Matt Williamson, hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked on the NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked on NFL right now with your favorite podcast provider. So I want to apologize. Uh, there's probably going to be a little bit more flubbing, maybe some more coughing on mic. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I'm sick. I'm getting this one out with a head cold and a headache. So um, bear with on this one. I apologize. So, we're going to preview this Boston series. Game one is an ESPN game tomorrow. It's a 6 o'clock, um, you know, that's 6 o'clock, probably my time, because I am now in the Central. So, it's a 7 o'clock game for everyone in Ohio. Uh, Plesak versus Eduardo Rodriguez. And then we have Clevenger versus Sale. And that is another 7 o'clock. And then Wednesday is going to be a day game, a 1 o'clock game. And that is Bieber. Uh, Boston has not announced their starter yet. And these are... Those three are all at home before they head to New York for two series. Um, Boston, as I mentioned, has been a mess. When the Angels came to town, uh, the Indians swept them. And then they didn't win a game until they got into Boston. And they were able to uh, to finally pick up a win against the Red Sox and actually won the series. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, his last start against Kansas City was, was okay. But it's Kansas City, uh, struggling against good teams. Uh, you know, he's a a back-end, bottomish starter. Uh, I'm not overly impressed. You know, he is a lefty. The Indians lineup is better set up to hit well against left-handers. So, I mean, you look at that, and I would think the advantage is probably in the Indians' favor. Chris Sale, um, another lefty. Uh, really struggling this year. Uh, I mean, in terms of Chris Sale, this is the worst year of his career. Um, it's interesting. He did turn 30 this year, and the uh, the wheels have kind of come off to a degree. Uh, you know, you just go through the basic line of what he's been in terms of war per year, and he was pretty uh, routinely the best pitcher in baseball. Um I mean, his his strikeout-to-walk ratio is an all-time record if he keeps it up. His strikeout uh, per nine would be an all-time record if he keeps that up. That's how good he has been. We're talking about um, one of the best left-handers who has ever pitched. Um, you know, last year his ERA was 2-1-1, 13 strikeouts, per, 13 and a half strikeouts per nine, 1.9 walks. Hit rate of 5.8. So this year, the strikeout rate at 13.2 per nine actually leads uh, 
you know, uh, the American League. So he's still missing bats. 2.2 walk rate. That really hasn't changed. Hit rate is up. He is giving up more hits, and his home run rate is up as well. Um, It is a career high at 1.4. If we were to jump over to Baseball Savant, you'd probably get, uh, you know, information about that he's getting hit harder this year and the like. Um, Sale has been, like I said, one of the best pitchers to, uh, to ever wear a uniform. This year he has been good. You know, he's kind of on his way. He's got 2.3 B-War. He's on his way to probably another uh, four-win season, which is good. But this is someone who, you know, 6.8, 6.5. Most years he is up in that six range. So it is is very much a down year for him. And with the way Clevenger's pitching, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually favor the Indians in that matchup. If there's one they're going to win, I would probably bet on that Tuesday matchup just because I trust Clevenger. Well, change that. I would bet on the Wednesday matchup where the Red Sox currently don't even have a pitcher listed. Um, If we were to dig a little bit deeper on this one, then you'd see that, uh, you know, Kashner pitched Sunday. Saturday was Rick Porcello. So if they follow that, uh, that Wednesday matchup would be against Rick Porcello. There's a few other options, but uh, you know Stephen Wright and David Price are both on the disabled list. Uh, Purcello has been rather ineffective. Can we just uh, go ahead and say something? I, d- I don't often like to, to be mean on here, but um, Rick Purcello is going to go down in history as one of the worst players to ever win a Cy Young Award, right? Like, that's going to happen uh, by the time his career is done because he's had two good years. I mean... Looking at a guy whose uh, career uh, ERA is over four, his career strikeouts per nine are under seven. Yeah, he doesn't walk anyone. His career home run rate, home one rate, home run rate is over one. His career hit rate is nearly ten. Like outside of his walk rate, everything is bad. Like yes, there's eleven seasons in there. He came up very young, and there was it, there was more than just the two good years. I mean, 2016 was obviously um, one of those years that stood out, and he got 22 wins, which, uh, you know, made some teams, uh, some voters so excited because, you know, the 21 barrier. But you go back, and it's... I mean, his first year, he had 31 games, a 3.96 ERA. Uh, 2014, 31 games, a 3.43 ERA. Now, ERA is far from the end-all, be-all. It really isn't that great of a stat, but... Um, you know, for a whole course of a whole year, it does show you some things. And that 315, uh, so that's three years out of 11 seasons in the majors where he kept an ERA under three or under four. It's kind of crazy. That's why. Yeah, he's just, he's not a good pitcher. This year, he's been really bad. Um, walk rate is up. Home run rate is up. Hit rate is approaching 11. Strikeout rate is down. Uh, across the board, Rick Porcello has been a bad pitcher uh yeah it's just uh, that wednesday game shapes up if porcello is pitching to really be a uh the indians safest bet but in all honesty with the way they are playing and the way boston is playing um i hate to say they should sweep them because uh it seems like boston always plays the indians uh hard 
uh, it's always annoying when Boston New York come to <laughs> come to Cleveland because their fans come out and force to support them. But uh, and there's so many bandwagon fans on those two franchises as well. But uh, with the we are getting Boston at their lowest right now. We are getting them uh, with pitchers who are just having down years, an offense that is having pretty big struggles across the board. Um, They are a team in massive transition, so much so that I saw a report today that they would consider moving Mookie Betts this offseason, which is kind of mind-blowing just because, you know, a year ago he was the MVP, heart and soul of this team, and he's still playing well. You know, it's not like he is um, struggling or anything, and that's why they're going to look to move on from him. It just likely comes down to uh, service time and uh, him approaching free agency and them uh, not being willing to uh, to meet his price or being afraid of what his price will be when the time comes. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, that would be... To trade bets would be uh, pretty, in my opinion, uh, damning of to the front office. Like, if you're going to trade a in their prime uh, M- league MVP, team MVP, who does everything and has been uh, great in the community, you better have a a reason. And it it shouldn't be because you made a lot of bad investments other where other places, especially when you are a market the size of Boston. But yeah, so that's the you know the next three games against Boston, the Indians really should win all three games. Um, I think each game gets a little easier. I know it's crazy with Chris Sale on the mound, but uh, Clevenger is just so much better than. Uh, Zach, please, Zach. That's no knock on Zach. I think Clevenger is uh, turning into one of the top ten pitchers in baseball. But yeah, it's this is a chance for the Indians to take the lead. Twins don't play tomorrow. With the Indians playing, they win. They take the lead. Um, Brewers are fighting for a wild card. The Indians could put some space in there before heading for a you know really tough six games against both New York teams. Words I never thought I would say, but yes, uh, the Mets are going to make this a really hard road trip. Instead of, you know, three games against a good team and then three throwaways, it's going to be a tough six games. So it'd be nice to build up a bit of a lead before they have to go to New York. Thank you all for listening, as always. Um, thank you for dealing with me through my head cold and slight delirium of uh, a fever. And, uh, you know, as always, go Tribe. <laughs>